Proverbs chapter 15, verse number 7. It says, The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish doth not so. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but this, uh, this, the prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination unto the Lord, but he that loveth him that followeth after righteousness. Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way, and he that hateth reproof shall die. Hell and destruction are before the Lord. How much more than the hearts of the children of men? A scorner loveth not one that reproveth him, neither will he go unto the wise. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by the sorrow of heart the spirit is broken. The heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge, but the mouth of fools feed on foolishness. All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. I want to look at this thought here tonight and going to look at thoughts on the heart. How is your heart? Let's go ahead and pray as we consider this thought. Father, thank you again for your word. Again, ask that you would just help again this time to be a it helps to hear, help again each one to take in, in what is taught and help them to be able to follow again the thoughts that I seek to bring from the word of God. Again, bless this time as we meet here tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. You know, as I ask this question, how is the heart? You'll find in this passage the word heart mentioned five times. And again, as we look at this passage here tonight, I want to begin by just considering an introduction to the heart that Solomon gives us here. And there's some thoughts here, six thoughts here to begin with on the heart. First of all, it mentions the heart of the foolish. Verse number seven, it says, again, the lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish doth not so. And so what is Solomon teaching? He's teaching here, first of all, the heart of the foolish, again here, is not able to disperse knowledge. The heart of the foolish is not able to disperse knowledge. Again, you find also in this passage here in verse number 11, that God indeed knows our heart. Verse 11, it says, Hell and destruction are before the Lord, how much more the hearts of the children of men. God knows all about us. It talks about that in verse number 3. It says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good, but he also knows what's going on in our hearts. We also see there, again, some uh, thoughts on the heart there, verse number 13. It says here, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by the sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken. And so we see also here that a merry or happy heart affects our countenance, our facial features. And certainly you know that to be the case. However, someone, again, is thinking has a lot to do with their ability to express them on their, interior, uh, on their exterior. We also see there in verse number 13, the last part of the verse, it says there, but by the sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken. Sorrow of heart can affect the spirit and even break it as it mentions here, sorrow of heart affects our spirit. We also see here in verse number 14, it mentions here, the heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge. 
And so we also see about hearts. Again, hearts that have understanding will seek after knowledge. And then it mentions there, finally there, as some introductory thoughts there. And again, I think a, an important one there in verse number 15, it says, All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. And so we see here finally, number six, as far as thoughts here to begin with from this passage, some will suffer affliction of heart and some will have a continual feast in their life. And again, I just want us to turn, if you would, back to uh, Genesis chapter 47. Again, what happens in our life does affect our heart. And uh, most people might think, you know, if they're not thinking again clearly, they might think, you know, what happens in your life doesn't affect your heart, but it has a great effect on your heart. And again, we see here in the Bible here in Genesis 47 and verse number nine, the Bible says, And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrims on the, the, are, are 130 years. Few and evil have the days of the years of my life been. I have not attained to the days and years of the life of my fathers in the land of Egypt. Now, it says a lot of things here in this passage, but we see here that Jacob talked about affliction and how this affected his life. Jacob was afflicted a lot in his life. Think about the years of affliction where he served his father-in-law and the years of affliction where he had to deal with what he thought to be with his death of his son. And he suffered affliction and uh, in that state of affliction, I'm sure it affected his heart. Well, let's turn to Luke chapter 16. There are others that in life may not suffer that much as far as affliction, and, and they may go through life, and it seems like they're always maybe on the top side and, and that sort of thing. Some would say the top side, they're happy, they're content, they're, again, a person with seemly joy or or peace, or at least they're having a good time, it would seem. And again, I think here we find in Luke chapter 16, a kind of man that enjoyed a life of luxury, prosperity, and not a lot of difficulty really here. It says in Luke chapter 16, verse number nine, it says there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple linen and, and fared sumptuously every day. What was the average day like in this guy's life? He had a lot. He did well. You know, you might say, well, a lost person can't do well. A lost person can't, again, flourish and those sorts of things, but they can. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 73. Psalm chapter 73. Now, someone might look at that man's life and he says he was rich and he had, again, some good clothes and he had food on his table and he probably didn't have to deal maybe with uh, a lot of the adversities that some Christians or even non-Christians deal with, and someone says, maybe that's not fair. And it may not seem to us to be fair or unfair. It's not my call to make. It's not my lot in life or someone else's lot in life that I need to be concerned about. But again, you'll find in life that some will suffer affliction of heart, and some, again, seemingly have a continual feast, fun. It seems like they're merry, they're happy. And I believe, again, the life of that rich man would have been somewhat like that. Certainly missing God and the truth and all those things, but yet, in an estimation of an average man, you would say he lived a great, great life, a good life, a sumptuous life. You no, know, he's 
uh, seen in the Bible as someone who had it easy in many ways. And Asaph talked about this also. I just want to read about this in Psalm 73, verse number 1 through 7. The Bible says, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of our clean heart. Now the chapter starts like he's saying everything's good and everything is good. But then he says this, But as far as me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had not a well nigh slip. I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. They are not in trouble as other men, neither they plague like other men. Therefore pride compasses them as a chain. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. What's he saying? He's saying they're, they're doing well. They're doing very well. The prosperity of the wicked, he was envious of this. And he talked about himself. He was in trouble and he went through trials and difficulties. Verse number 12, I'd like to read on here. Again, you can read through the whole chapter sometime. It says, But behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I've cleansed my heart from vain, in vain, and washed my hands in innocence. For all the day long have I been plagued and chastened every morning. The rich man talks about him having good days every day. What's it say about this guy? For all the day long I've been plagued and chastened in the morning. He's saying that he's had some struggles. He's had some difficulties, that's for sure. Verse 16, it says, When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. He looked at what was going on in the world. It wasn't what he liked to see. It goes on, he went to the house of God and his thinkings about some things were corrected. And I just want you to turn and we're going to pass through some of the passage here. Verse number 23, Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by the right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterward receive me to glory. Who I have in heaven but thee. And there is none upon earth that I desire by but thee. My flesh and my heart faileth. But my heart, my, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. It is good for me to draw near to God. I put my trust in thee, uh, in the Lord thy God, that I may declare all thy works. Now, Asaph, just a general question. How was he faring in life? He had trouble on a regular basis. He had struggles on a regular basis. He was envious at the prosperity of the wicked. And it mentions again, that he was also one who was someone that trusted in God. It says that towards the end of the chapter, and he mentions that trusting God was not a bad thing for him to do, but a good thing for him to do. Again, the truth is some will suffer affliction of heart. And it mentions even Asaph's heart in that chapter there. And so we see some things about the heart. Again, the heart of the foolish will not disperse knowledge. We see that God knows our heart. 
We see a merry heart affects our facial features. We see a sorrow heart affects the spirit. We see heart, again, will seek someone who has a heart understanding, will seek knowledge. And then we see there finally some will suffer affliction of heart and others seemingly will find a continual feast. But I want us to move on here as we consider not only the introduction to the text, but what is the heart? What is the heart? Let's turn to 2 Samuel chapter 18. What is the heart? There are two, two basic kinds of heart mentioned in the scriptures. And I want to start out just mentioning here some things about what we call the human heart or the biological heart or the physical heart, if you would. This is a visible heart heart that I would call the blood pump. A simple blood pump. A complex, but in a sense, simple. Very strong, very durable. And the Bible talks about this heart in 2 Samuel chapter 18 and verse number 14. Many times, again, people think about the heart and they think about the physical heart. And uh, certainly there is a physical heart. And uh, as we look at this here, verse number 14, this heart can be damaged and destroyed through physical violence. Second Samuel chapter 18, verse number 14, it says, Then said Joab, I may not tarry thus with thee. And he took three darts in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom while he's yet alive in the midst of the oak. And so what do you see in this passage of Scripture? You see someone take three darts and, and put them right through the heart. Of someone else. If that happened to you or happened to me, we would likely die. Again, any kind of instrument, whether it's a bullet or in this case, again, we find your darts entering the heart. They can certainly damage the heart that a heart might die. And so we have this amazing blood pump. Again, this pump beats at about 75 times a minute while you're sitting or in general. Certainly when you're exercising, it can beat a lot faster. And when you're sleeping, it goes a lot slower. But they say that the human heart beats 40 million times a year. Can you think of any kind of instrument in general, mechanical instrument that can do that kind of work and still not break down? The heart beats some 40 million times a year. In an average lifetime of 70 years, it beats Two and a half billion times. Two and a half billion times. Again, God gave us a heart, a blood pump, if you would. And that human heart is what keeps us going. That human heart keeps us from fainting. You know, if your heart beats too slow, you're going to faint. Again, my dad, a few years ago, had a pacemaker put in. And someone says, well, what does that do? Well, some people's hearts start going too fast or they go too slow. With my dad, his heart rate was about 45 beats a minute. That's too slow. You're not going to have much energy. You're not going to have much function that way. And so they put a pacemaker in. And when they put that pacemaker in, I can tell you right after they put that pacemaker in, they had his heart running about 70 beats a minute. Man, he had energy. Man, he wasn't tired. You say, why is that? Because that blood pumps throughout his body and keeps him going. And so there, first of all, as we talk about, again, hearts in the Bible, there's this blood pump, this heart, fleshly heart. 
that's in our body and it goes on and on and works day and night. We don't think about, oh, heart, beat. Heart, do your work. It's an automatically functioning muscle with chambers and it keeps us alive. There is the heart, the physical heart. And you see that described in a few different passages in the Bible. But I'd like to turn back to Proverbs chapter 15. As we consider the heart here tonight, I want to ask you, how is your heart? Your soul heart. Again, this again, heart in the Bible is where our thinking takes place. This is where our pondering takes place. This is where our planning takes place. This is where emotions take place. They don't take place in the brain. They take place in the heart. Proverbs chapter 15, verse number 7. Again, you think about the heart and, and the mind. They're, again, two different things as they're described in the Bible. But again, back here in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 7, it says, The way of the wise uh, disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish doth not so. And so, again, through this heart, there's the dispersing of knowledge. And again, you'll find, again, many different passages deal with it. I like to look at a few of them here in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 12, verse number 23. Just back up here a little bit. Proverbs chapter 12, verse number 23. The Bible says, A prudent man concealeth knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaim foolishness. And so through this heart, one either proclaims knowledge or proclaims Foolishness. Proverbs 23, verse 7 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so the heart has a tremendous effect on the life. The heart is where thinking takes place. The heart is where emotions take place. Uh, again, if you turn here over to Proverbs 16, verse number 9, the Bible says, A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directeth his step. And so the heart is a place of thinking. The heart is a place of planning, desiring, wandering, wondering, daydreaming. Uh, all kinds of different things take place in the heart. Let's turn to the New Testament. Jesus speaks about the heart here in the New Testament. He mentions in Luke chapter 5, verse number 22, he says, what reason ye in your heart. And so what reason, reasoning, or what we're thinking takes place in the heart? Luke chapter 6, verse 45, it says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out, out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so we see with the heart is a place where reasoning takes place. Again, through the heart, we see good or evil come out of the heart or from the heart. And uh, you find, again, Jesus speaking about the heart in several passages. Another passage here, if you would, uh, turn over to me, if, uh, with me over to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. You know, the heart and how a heart is will have a lot to do with what someone does or doesn't do. Again, the heart is a feature of our, our body. 
again, not, not the physical feature, but a physical feature of the person or the body that affects our actions, our attitudes, our words, our desires, all those kind of things. Proverbs chapter 5 mentions again some things. Ma- sorry, Matthew chapter 5, verse number 18. The Bible says here, For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass away, uh, not one jot or tittle shall pass anywise from the whole law. And whatsoever therefore you shall break one of these commandments and shall teach men to do so, he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever shall uh, do and teach, the same shall be great in the kingdom of heaven. It says, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall no case enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, we find here in the Bible, the heart affects our words. It affects our actions. It affects what we do. And uh, even with the heart, we find, again, there are some differences. And again, I don't know exactly what these differences are, but let's turn over to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. The heart is interconnected with the soul, the mind, the brain, if you would. And it's, again, interconnected with our whole being. And uh, again, a verse that deals with this thought here, and again, I just want to read it here, is in Matthew chapter 22 and uh, verse number 37. The Bible says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. So the Bible mentions here three things that we are to uh, give over to Lord in the area of love. It says, Thou shalt love thy Lord, the Lord with all thy heart. And most people would say you should give, again, over to God your heart, which are your affections, your emotions, your thought processes, your faculties, whatever. Give that over to uh, God there. Love the Lord with all your heart. Love the Lord with all your soul. Again, when we think about the soul, we usually talk about our spiritual or soul life or spiritual life. We're to give our whole life over to God. Not just our affections, our emotions, our decision makings, but our whole person to God. And again, mentions here lastly, it says, and with all thy mind, dealing with our intellect, our thinking, our training, our faculties, our knowledge base, our wisdom. These are all to be given over to God. It says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This heart is interconnected with the rest of us. But as I begin this message, I want us to turn back to Proverbs chapter 24 and ask you this question. And as I ask you this question here tonight, how is your heart? Maybe you want to write down these things that I will ask you. Maybe you don't. Maybe you just want to think about them. Again, when it comes to the heart, our heart can be in different positions. Again, we find here in this passage here specifically, uh, Proverbs chapter 15 and verse number 7, our heart can be wise or foolish. Let me ask you tonight, is your heart wise or is your heart foolish? Proverbs chapter 15 and uh, verse number 7, it says, the lips of the wise dispert knowledge, but the heart of the foolish doth not so. So the heart of the foolish doesn't disperse knowledge, so the heart of the wise does. And the lips of the wise do. Is your heart wise or foolish? 
Verse number 13. Is your heart merry or sorrowful? Now, you might not be in one of those positions here tonight, but again, we could be in that position. Verse 13, it says, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. But by the sorrow of spirit, the, the, the heart is broken. Is your heart merry or is it sad or sorrowful? Verse number 14, how is your heart? Is your heart searching? Verse number 14 or not. It says in verse number 14, the heart of him that hath understanding seeketh knowledge. But the mouth of fools feed on foolishness. Are you seeking or are you not seeking? You see in verse number 12, something else here. Is your heart stubborn or is your heart compliant? Verse number 12, a scorner loveth not one that reproveth him, neither will he go unto the wise. Are you stubborn or foolish? And then fifthly, is your heart Hard, or is it soft? Verse number 12, a scorner loveth not him the scorner, neither will he go to the heart of the wise. Are you hard-hearted, are you a scorner, or is your heart soft? And then sixthly, and we're just going to look at seven things, is your heart humble, or is your heart proud? Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 29. Is your or my heart humble, or is your heart proud? Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number 23, it says, A man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. Proud in heart or humble in heart? And then finally, I'd like us to turn to Ezekiel chapter 36. Again, this is certainly outside the text, but I want to mention, how is your heart tonight? Do you have a new heart? Or do you have an old and stony heart? Again, this is another place or position that your heart could be in. Ezekiel uh, chapter 36 and uh, verse number 26 and uh, verse number 27. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 and 27. A new heart also I give to you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I'll take away the stony heart of your flesh, and I'll give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. So we talk about how's your heart? How is that heart within you? I'm not talking about that fleshly heart. I'm talking about that soulish heart that affects your emotions, your situations, can be bitter, can be sad, can be happy, can be glad, can be uh, thankful, can be blessed, however it might be. Uh, just some thoughts here on the heart. Let's turn to one last verse before we close here tonight. We, we should try to keep our heart with all diligence. It talks about early in the book of Proverbs. For out of it are the issues of life. But uh, Proverbs chapter 21 here, verse number 2. The Bible says, Every way of man is right, in his own eyes, but God pondereth the hearts. What's going on in your heart tonight? What's going on in your heart? How is your heart? We're affected by situations. We're affected by our own will and choices. We are affected by our thoughts and considerations. 
Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, the Bible says. Let me encourage you to have a right kind of heart. Let's all, again, end here with the word of God here tonight.